Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this special edition of the Dr. 59 Show. It is I, yours truly, 5'9", on this end, avant-garde and man about town, walking cane, carrying ascot, wearing studied observer of the human condition, and you, student of 5'9", on your end. All right, the topic of discussion this evening is defunding the police. I have already scolded the Republicans for their moronic and stupid loss to the socialist Democrats in the last election at the presidential, the congressional, the senatorial, local, school board, everything, gone. It's now in the hands of communists. It's now in the hands of what are essentially Satanists, the godless, senseless hordes that will now run this country, and they will have their way with you, and there is no stopping them. We're going to talk about the consequences of what has occurred at the practical level with regards to law enforcement and crime. So this program is going to be very, very disturbing. A little like this audio clip. Henderson 911, what is the address of the emergency? Uh, 2222, Summerside Park. Okay, and what is your... Why, my side's failing! Yeah, we're trying to hear each other, so we're going to do it. Okay, ma'am, what's the... Is it an apartment complex? 2222, building 22. Okay, what's the name of the apartment complex? You're not you're giving me an apartment number, not it's not an address. Probably around it. We gotta kill each other. Ma'am, what is the name of the apartment complex? It's apartment two 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 building twenty two. I I know, but what apartment complex are you in? You're not giving me an address. You're just giving me a unit number. I'm sorry? Equestrian. Okay. I know. The one at one zero seven zero one stop eastern? Okay. What is your name? Nadia. Okay. What, what's going When officers finally arrived, body cam footage shows the boy stumbling out of the apartment in shock and covered in blood. One of the officers took him to the side while another officer entered the apartment and confronted the mother who was wearing no clothes. The incoherent mother ignores the officer's orders and the pair fall to the ground and begin to struggle as the knife is still in Claudia's hand. All of a sudden, Claudia somehow obtains the officer's service weapon, and while the officer and mother were wrestling with the gun, it fires one round. The second officer rushes in and pulls his weapon and fires three shots, hitting Claudia with at least one of the bullets. What's going on? What's going on? Oh, 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 my God. Stop, 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 st
got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. Recording. What you have just heard is the sound of a woman attempting to kill her roughly eight-year-old child. I don't have the very specifics in terms of names and locations and whatnot. It's frankly irrelevant. It is a woman deeply emotionally disturbed and on drugs who has a knife and is stabbing her child. And you hear the child crying out in the background with each of the thrusts of the knife. My mommy is trying to kill me. The officers on scene ended up shooting her. She is dead. Here now is another example of how the socialist communists plan on putting you at further risk and justifying their position. Have a listen to this. This is Alison Camerata on CNN, basically a leftist propaganda agent of the Communist Party. Asking Lisa Bender of the Minneapolis City Council what she should do when you eliminate the police department if your home is broken into in the middle of the night. This is her answer. Yes, I mean, I, I hear that loud and clear from a lot of my neighbors. And I know, and, and myself too, and I know that that comes from a place of privilege. I'm not done with you yet. Have a listen to this. This is a conversation between a student working on getting a degree in some university somewhere. I don't know the name of the school. I don't know the name of the class who recorded his professor arguing when he said that he considered police officers heroes. Listen to what this college professor had to say about that. All right. So uh, you brought up the police in your speech a few times. Um, so what is your like, what is your main concern? Since, I mean, honestly, the whole reason police, I mean, it, it, it is systemic. The issue is systemic because the whole reason we have police departments in the first place, where did it stem from? What's our history? Going back to what Jeremy was talking about, what, where it was, what does it stem from? It stems from people in the South wanting to capture runaway slaves. Maybe they shouldn't be heroes. Maybe they don't belong on a kid's show. Uh, so I disagree with the what Jeremy, Jeremy said about it because uh, I think cops are heroes and they have to have a difficult job, but we have to have all of them. Life. Oh, I, I'm not. I mean, I'd say uh, a good majority of them. You have bad people in every business and every yet, part. Yeah. Uh, well, wait, 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 wait. Police officers have committed atrocious crimes and have gotten away with it and have never been convicted of any of it. And, and I say this as a person who has family members. Who are police officers? Yes, I, I, I understand. Um, and this is what I believe. This is my opinion. And this is you know, not popular to say, but uh, I do support our police. We have bad people. And the people that do bad things should be brought to justice. I agree with that. But I think that... I uh, say, I'm saying it again. They haven't. Well, I agree with you on that point of they should, right? So what is and your bottom line point? You're saying police officers should be revered, viewed as heroes, they belong on TV shows with children? That's I think they are heroes in a sense because they come to your need and they come and help you and they have a problem just like every other business, but we should fix that. But I think they're, they're heroes. Well, they're I think that's the problem is looking at it as a business because they're actually supposed to protect and serve the people. They not do protect them. us. Who do we call when we're in trouble and someone has a knife or a gun? I wouldn't call the police. Why wouldn't you call the police? I don't trust them. My life's in more danger in their presence. Professor, who would you call? I wouldn't call anybody. 
what would you have? I'm if someone intruded your house off. with a gun, what would you would you have a gun on you or nope. who would you call? It's my time to go. Okay. And okay. I'm not going to do in your house with a gun. There's not much you can do at that point. Calling the police is kind of just you know. And I know that it's not popular for me to say that to you guys and, and people in here, but that's what I believe about the police. Okay, and, thank you. I appreciate um, it. Thank you, thank guys you very much. for listening to my point. I appreciate it. Thanks. Now, I could sit here for the next several days and play you clip after clip of jackasses and morons making idiotic statements in the name of communist propaganda. Let me lay the groundwork for what you're about to hear from me on this with the following assumption, with the following proposition, because I will get hate mail that will say, oh, no, the, the police this, police that, they're horrible people. Yeah, 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 I get it. I understand the communist viewpoint. I understand the socialist viewpoint. I understand the viewpoint of the trained Marxist Patrice Coulours. We'll be talking about her later on not necessarily in this podcast it depends on my mood this is going to be a long one you're going to need to get your hot cocoa with your mini marshmallows and get in your recliner with your blankie and your teddy bear and hang the hell on because i've had it with this issue i've totally had it so you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna let you have it you who are in favor of reimagining the police department you're now going to hear from me on this. You've heard three examples. You've heard the horrific crime of a child being stabbed by his own mother on the police officer response who saved the child. Child is fine. Child recovered. It's all good. The mother is dead. And you've heard the college professor who tells you that, well, essentially you're going to flunk my class because I don't happen to agree with you saying that some police officers are in fact heroes. I thought the young man articulated his case beautifully. Yeah, it's not true that every police officer is a hero. There are bad apples in every group. You heard the logic. I don't need to explain it to you. He simply detailed reality to someone who does not want to hear it. He simply detailed reality to someone who does not want to hear it. Let me give you a symptom of mental illness. The denial of reality. A symptom of mental illness the denial of reality, the wiping away of facts in favor of an opinion and calling that opinion factual and worthwhile. That is a symptom. You are mentally ill. <clears throat> it takes many forms. It takes many names, as it were. Call them delusional. You can call them any number of things. I am not a psychology expert, but I can tell you that any psychologist worth their salt who will simply say, do you accept the fact the sky is blue during the day? No, I do not. Well, you know what? Either you've never seen a blue sky or you're in denial of basic reality. And when you start denying reality, you're getting into the area of mental illness. But is it really mental illness that you're hearing here? You heard it in the first uh, tragedy, as it were, the child being stabbed by his own mother. That is true mental illness, albeit enhanced with the use of narcotics, which is a voluntary action by the mother. Nobody put narcotics into her system. Nobody forced her to get high and kill her child. No one is telling her to do that. Voices in her head are the result of the narcotics and mental illness. And the mental illness may have its genesis and may be exacerbated by the narcotics that she chose 
to take a series of very bad life decisions that lead to the attempted murder of her own child at knife point. Imagine how that feels for a minute. Go into your kitchen, grab a paring knife, and start stabbing yourself. And ask yourself how that feels if you're 10 years old and your mother is doing it. Let that sink in. Yeah, run that video in your head. Then go into the kitchen and stab yourself a few times. See how you like it. What does it feel like to have your own blood running down your legs, your abdomen, uncontrolled? Like that? Good. Is that a good video you want to run in your head? Well, that's what happens when mentally ill people who are on narcotics get a hold of a weapon. They may use a firearm, they may use a knife, they could use caustic chemicals, a vehicle, any one of a number of things to do harm to themselves or others. That is a given. Well, how do you stop that person? Force. The use of force is not an option. It cannot be reimagined. It is required when someone is using force against another human being in a threatening or harmful manner the only thing that will stop them is force you cannot talk them out of it you cannot pepper spray them out of it you cannot taser them out of it you must physically stop them from what they are doing Ah, and the other two segments you've heard, you've heard the intellectual rationalizations of people who say, well, but the use of force, and this is a consequence of what we're talking about, that they're arguing for in the Alison Camerata segment and what she's arguing for in the college professor segment is eliminate the use of force. In other words, do not stop people from doing bad things to other people. We don't want that. Do not stop people from doing harmful or bad things to other people. What kind of a mind, what kind of mental disease process has taken over such that a rational person operating in the real world would make such a ludicrous statement to anyone under any conditions? I'll tell you who. It's real simple. People that deny the existence of the process of accountability at every level. I'm not going to be accountable for my actions before man. I will not be accountable for my actions before any concept of God. You do not hear Hasidic Jews declaring that there is no law that they need to obey. You do not hear deeply religious born-again Christians declaring there is no law that we need to obey. We can have complete anarchy and it begins with a lack of law enforcement and this is the way we want it because we said so. Oh, and by the way, since we run the city councils and we run the judgeships and we run the law and we have people like Gascon in power who decide whether or not you even get charged with a crime, we're pretty much in control. Go back and listen to my scolding of the Republicans. Understand the danger you're in. Understand what it is you've lost. Understand what it is you gave up and you didn't lose it. You gave it up because you didn't believe there were going to be consequences. Do you think when that little boy got up that morning, the consequence of his mother's mental illness and drug addiction would be him being stabbed at some point that day? Did he get up with that idea that this is going to happen to him? And should he bear the consequence of this? Because you see, if the city councilwoman in Minnesota says, well, that's a place of privilege, calling the police when someone is doing someone violent to you, that's a place of privilege. 
Notice she didn't have an alternative. There was no answer to Camerata's question. And as leftist, liberal, communist, socialist as Alison Camerata is, and that is what she is, even she, if you look at the video on YouTube, you will see the face just turn absolutely shocked that an idiot like this Lisa Bender, a jackass, would say something so indefensible, so stupid, that nobody, and I mean nobody, with any bent towards sanity or a grounding in the reality of operating in a civil order could possibly accept it. So I say this. You who are of the left, you who are of the idea that the police department needs to be defunded, abolished, reimagined, simply stop calling the police. Oh, but you see, Lisa Bender and others on that city council in Minneapolis immediately hired and charged back to the city security, armed security, to protect them from the death threats that shortly there followed when that news clip came out and other things they've said. They have private security to protect themselves, but they want you defenseless. Now, what is the reason they want you defenseless? What is the reason Gascon doesn't want to press charges against MS-13 and other criminals and enhancements to keep people who are extremely dangerous locked up? What is the reason the Supreme Courts of California and other places do not want the death penalty in the state? There's a common theme here. My students of 5'9 are going to get this theme. They're going to get it real fast. There is a common theme, and the theme is, I want to do what I want to do, and I don't want there to be any consequences. And screw you if you think you're going to levy consequences at me. Whether I want to park illegally, I should get no ticket. I want to drive a car with no registration tags on it, I should get no ticket. I want to protest. I want to burn down your coffee shop, your car dealership, your paint store, your tobacco shop, your yarn store, whatever it is you spent your life's effort building. I want to destroy it in the name of my cause for my purposes, and there will be no consequences. That is what is known as anarchy. So let's sum up the design philosophy that the Supreme Court of California has, starting with Rose Byrd and others, that Colorado is now going to very liberal state. They're getting rid of their death penalty. And now they're even attacking life without parole. Yes, they are attacking life without parole, declaring that after a certain number of years, it is cruel and unusual. Oh, and also expensive. Yeah, it's pricey to keep old men in prison that are getting sick with cancer, other ailments. Very expensive. They need the same medical care and are entitled to it because they are entrusted to your care and custody in the Department of Corrections in whatever state you're in. And it's getting pricey to take care of 85-year-olds in prison. Now, the logical argument can be made, does an 85-year-old even understand what they did when they were 16, when they're old and senile? Probably not. So what is the reason of keeping them incarcerated, Dr. 59? Is there any point to it at all? Besides the fact that you're just mean and cruel? Yes, it's called punishment. You see, when you're given a death sentence or a life without parole sentence, we as a society have said you deserve death. 
But for whatever reason, since you don't believe in the death penalty and we don't have the power to enforce it because we don't sit in those positions of legislative authority to enforce it, we will therefore take the next best thing and that is life without parole. So you can never again get out and hurt someone and when you've long since forgotten about your crime because you have Alzheimer's, you have senility, you have the various mental degradation that goes on as you get into your truly advanced years. You are there because you are being punished. And as an example to those who would go out and kill wantonly, as you had to have done to get the sentence to start with, it's not a sentence you get for stealing cars. It's not a sentence you get for shoplifting. It's not a sentence you get for running around on your vehicle without tags on it. It's a sentence you get only when you have been convicted of premeditated murder. So you are being punished. That is the idea behind it. So that other people look at it and say, yeah, I was considering doing the same thing, but guess what? I'm not going to do it. Look what happens to you. That is the whole idea. Back in the Middle Evil Ages, they used to take the head of the criminal, put it on a pole outside the town and say, if you misbehave when you come here, this is what happens to you. Same thing. Same difference. They didn't have the jails, the prisons, the systems, the bleeding heart liberals and the tax system to pay for it. So they simply cut their head off, put that head on a pole and stuck it at the gates of the city and said, this is what happens to people who come here and do bad things. It's a warning. It's a sign that says, look at this before you come to our city and decide to commit crime. So why is it suddenly that liberals have decided that crime and human debauchery is okay. Why do they believe that? I want you to take a minute, take a sip of your hot cocoa, a sip of your bourbon, a sip of your Jack Daniels, or whoever and whatever is in that room with you, and I actually want you to think about it before I give you the answer. I'm not just going to tell you why. I want you to think up the answer in your head and compare it to the one I give you, because what I give you is the fact. What you come up with is going to be some nonsense philosophy that says, well, it's because the thing I, I feel that, and that's, that's the whole problem. It's about feelings. It's what makes you feel good. The bottom line rejection of all things legal, the destruction of the legal system, the tearing down of the governmental systems, the, the, the elimination of the police department is about getting rid of any sense of authority over people who are in rebellion. That is what essentially an anarchist is. These are people in rebellion against anything and everything that is authoritarian over their life. They do not want to obey any rule whatsoever. When they go into a university to get a degree, they want to set the standard. I'll decide what an A is. I'll decide what an F is. I'll decide what I read. I'll decide what I write. And if you don't like it, well, you're prejudiced against me because you're white or you're this or you're that or you're phobic in some respect. You're, you're student phobic you're something phobic. I'll just make a label and I will stick it on you. And that is what the label is that you will wear. And I'll get 20 or 30 of my loudmouth friends to come into an auditorium when you give a speech and we'll shout you down and campus police will be afraid to touch us to drag us out the door because there are bleeding heart liberal lawyers behind us who will sue anybody and everybody who lays a hand on our precious little heads and it will cost so much screwball money. And I call it screwball money because obviously the universities are willing to pay it. To get us to go away in the hallway of the courtroom so that it doesn't come to trial. Well, here's $25,000, Johnny. Uh, yeah, yes, you shouldn't have been dragged out of that auditorium when you were yelling at someone like a Ben Shapiro or someone else who has a contrary viewpoint to your own. 
and, and, and since they hurt your arm, here's $25,000. We'll just pay you to go away. And the attorney takes 15 of it, and you get 10, and you think you've made out. And that idiot takes his $10,000, goes and buys pot with it, lines the pockets of the drug dealers, and then comes back the following week to yell at the next guest speaker who's going to say something they're offended by. There is a great video on this. It is a meeting of socialist liberal jerks in Stanford, I think, or Harvard. I'm not sure. I think it's Stanford, actually. And they're having a meeting in an auditorium, and the speaker is a snowflake who gets up there and says, I want you all to stop clapping because that's a trigger mechanism for me, and it upsets me. So don't clap when we have speakers. It upsets me, and I get, I get triggered. You need to use jazz hands, which is where you just shake your hands in the air silently, right? You don't clap. You need to do jazz hands, so I'm not triggered. <laughs> Snowflake got his way. And everybody in the auditorium stopped clapping and started doing jazz hands. At the source of the socialist agenda is the destruction of this country. Economically, politically, legally, in every respect. They are going to destroy every aspect of this nation. They're going to rework it in their own image, which is that of anarchy. You think the Constitution is going to survive this assault? It won't. The Supreme Court, as you know it, is going to be changed. They are very quietly putting across the paperwork behind the scenes. I don't, I don't, look, no, don't give me the Nancy Pelosi won't bring it before the floor. No, understand when you're being lied to. Understand when you're being manipulated. Whatever television tells you, it is a lie. If you saw it on television, it's a lie. Get that through your skulls. Now, none of you who are listening to me are going to be watching the primary media outlets or the MSNBCs, the ABCs, the CBSs. That's not who you are. You might be reading things like the Epic Times. You might be subscribing to things like uh, various Fox programs and whatnot, which are not true. Many of which are not the absolute truth. Be careful. Fox doesn't tell you the absolute truth. They will lie by omission. They will not lie by commission, which is something CNN does on a nightly basis. They simply make something up and say it as if it were true. And they're so used to lying over there at CNN that that is the course of doing business. They are a propaganda channel. They are the primary propaganda arm of the Socialist Party. Fox is the primary propaganda arm of the Republican Party. Now, Fox does not lie directly at you. What Fox will do is not tell you the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Tucker Carlson's program, I have said it before and I say it again. Tucker Carlson exists for only one reason, to get you angry. To make you so pissed off that you might go out and do something like vote or sign a recall petition like you're doing in California to get rid of Gavin Newsom. I'll say it before and I'll say it again. Do you honestly believe that the brother-in-law of Nancy Pelosi is going to lose his job in California? Really? You believe that? That is that that's something you actually believe you you do understand what they did they now know your name your address your telephone number and everything they need to know so they can further evaluate how to deal with you the united states 
postal service, your friendly little postal person who comes to the door with their little smile and their mask on and says, oh, here's your mail. (laughs) You do know that the postal service is scanning your public media, right? You have heard that. Now, if you're a student of five, nine, you're not on public media. You don't have a LinkedIn account. You don't have a Twitter account. You don't have a Facebook account. Those are all gone, right? Because if they're not, you're being watched and everything you do is being tracked. And don't think for a minute that your mail carrier doesn't write down that you got a copy of the Epic Times delivered to your mailbox regularly. Not just a sample, but it does appear you're a subscriber, and that information is entered into a database. You think your ISP provider doesn't know your search history on the web? Oh, no, I use a VPN. That will help, but it will not stop, because unless you have subscribed to the VPN service I tell you to go to, you likely have signed up for a service that is being sponsored by the NSA. It is, in fact, the government watching you. And they simply set up shop as a legitimate company with the number one banner being on their website. We don't keep any logs. (laughs) You have no idea. You're signing up with the NSA and everything you do, everywhere you go is being logged. And you're immediately under suspicion because why would you need a VPN? Look, if there's nothing wrong in this car, why won't you let me search it? Well, if there's nothing wrong with your browser history, why do you want to hide it? Yeah, see, you're guilty. You're guilty of something, and we'll just find out what it is. And and when we do that, we may have a need having read all of your email and Gmail accounts. Uh, Read the privacy terms, by the way, on your Gmail account. Read it for your Yahoo account, your Hotmail account. Whatever mail accounts you have, read the privacy terms. Understand what it is you signed up for. And, And by the way, the privacy terms can be something like, oh, I don't know, 40 pages long. And within those 40 pages, they bury little sentences here and there that basically say you have no privacy. I don't care what the little banner, we value your privacy and we have terms of service have changed. You need to click this box. How many of you have gotten a little box when you went back into your mail account, your whatever thing on the line, and you had to click a box before you could proceed that said that the terms of service have changed. You need to click this box to acknowledge that you accept the terms of service. Who do you think is monitoring that? Who do you think the people are that are gathering intel on you? They know everything about you. Everything. Stop getting on the web. Stop sending email to your friends. If you want a modicum of privacy in what you say, you simply have to text people you know from your phone to their phone. Don't send them an email. None of my service is private. I wrote my own mail server system and I have my own SMTP service and nobody can blah, blah, blah. Well, that's great. Is the recipient the same level of security that you have? No. Does it traverse systems wherein it cannot be intercepted, i.e. a dedicated VPN that you have absolute control over? No. So you thought it was private. You think it's all good to go, but you sent it into the public system over the internet to somebody's Yahoo, Gmail, Hotmail, Google Mail account. 
Ah, I got a VPN. I'm safe. Yeah, you're like the idiot amateur radio operator who runs outside every time it rains in his tactical vest and his NRA hat and his walkie-talkie and his tactical flashlight. Because he's ready to deal with any situation that comes up, you know. Don't you know? Let me give you my opinion of amateur radio operators. Some of the stupidest people you'll ever meet. Ham radio operators, an idiot. Because they believe that they have some level of security, some level of control over a medium that is regulated by the federal government. Uh, this is 448387 over here. How you doing, Johnny? Oh, I'm okay, Bill. Everything's just dandy here. And the wife's doing real well, too. Tell me the point of that conversation. What, what is the reason? For, oh, that's used for emergency communications in case there's an outage. Really? Exactly what benefit was it in Texas when they lost all the power to the state because of the incompetent bunglers that run Texas? No, I am not a fan of Texas. You think you're going to flee to Texas because it's a red state? Really? Because Ted Cruz is there? Really? Do your homework before you think about going to Texas. I have said this in every program there is. I have more than one friend. I got go to Texas. We're going to move our business. Toyota's going to move. Experian. We're going to move. We're going to do. Oh, yeah. We're going to Austin. We're going to Dallas. We're going to Hookaluka. We're going to Houston. We're going to. Blah, 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 blah. Well, you're going into a red state that is becoming ultra liberal, ultra fast, and the proof of which are the property taxes on your home. I'd like to see you retire, and when you do, you go to Texas, I'd like to see your look on your face when you see your property taxes in Texas. Yeah, they'll start at about 3000 a year, then they get a hold of you in about year two or three, and they jump to 10000 Tell me how on a fixed income of a pension and a Social Security, you're supposed to give up Ten or more thousand dollars a year into the coffers of the conservative state of Texas. That's that got to do with defund the police. It has to do with the permissive architectural design of the left to destroy everything that exists in its current form. And that is their goal. The number one thing they have to do is get the school systems under control, and they've already got that. The 1619 Project, the uh, white supremacy teaching, uh, the, 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 fr the white fragility. Some idiot reporter somewhere put together a group of essays about how much she hates white people and declares it to be some authoritative thing that you have to listen to and you, every corporation needs to learn this and you need to sign up and pay me a half a million dollars to come speak at your next company meeting because you're fragile if you're white and the white fragility is causing all manner of problems in corporate America. I, I, I pause because there's so much you can say that they won't listen to. There's so much proof that they're so completely full of shit, their eyes are brown, but they don't want to hear it and they don't know they don't have to listen to it because they know that they control the power to wipe you out. 
I don't have to listen to you. I've got a bigger gun than you do. I've got the courts, the police system, and everything else that surrounds you. The world in which you live is now controlled by me. Therefore, I need not listen to you. Yeah, well, the census was recently taken, and in California and these other liberal states, they lost a couple of seats. Irrelevant. It's not going to change the plan. The plan that they have is to destroy this nation at every level. Now, let me ask you something. And this is something that Allison Camarada did not ask Bender of Minnesota City Council. What happens as you take each stroke of the saw on the tree branch you're sitting on? You're out on this limb. You're enjoying the sunshine. You're basking in the glory of all the attention you're getting from Addison Camarada and Don Lemon and Hannity and all the rest of them out there who are paying attention to you. The media is giving a mouthpiece to idiots. The media is giving a mouthpiece to idiots and malcontents who are hell-bent on destroying this nation. We'll talk about consequences and backlash in a minute. We're, we're going to get there. You're only halfway through your cup of cocoa. And you got about three mini marshmallows left. By the way, stop eating the mini marshmallows out of the bag. They go in the hot chocolate. Yeah, I know how this works. I see you. I, I know what you're doing. The mini marshmallows are to ride on top of the chocolate with the foam. Don't eat the mini marshmallows before you put, as you put them in your, your, your hot cocoa. Don't eat the mini marshmallows. Leave the mini marshmallows in the cup. The bottom line to all of this is the destruction of this nation and the absolute elimination of any distinction between black, white, green, brown, male, and female. You have in California a woman called Caitlyn Jenner, who at one point was Bruce Jenner, the guy on the Wheaties box, tremendous athlete, had accomplished much in his athletic career, decided he didn't want to be a man anymore, underwent surgery, estrogen therapy, all the things you do, the required counseling, all of it, and has now decided to call himself a woman and become a woman. Well, that is not a problem for anybody. I don't know anyone who says, oh, I would never sit next to Caitlyn Jenner because he, uh, he was a she and a thing, and oh my God, I just, I'm transphobic. I, I could never sit on a bus next to Caitlyn Jenner. I could. Because I could care less what that person does with their personal life. If they don't feel good about who they are and they want to change it, that is totally their wherewithal to do so. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing at all. And he, she, whatever you want to call it, whatever pronoun is appropriate, is not foisting it on anybody else. She's not saying, I'm going to teach your kids how to be tranny and take them from a natural state to an unnatural state against their will. No one is saying that. But that's what they want you to believe if you disagree with their position, that they, having changed genders, can now compete in women's athletics. Imagine for a moment if Bruce Jenner, in his athletic prime, had decided to become Caitlyn Jenner and compete against the female athletes. How fair would that be? And what constitutes femininity? What constitutes a woman? In other words, how much of a woman do you have to become before you are now qualified to compete when female Olympics, sports, collegiate level, high school level? You have girls out there right now that are in junior high school training to be whatever it is they hope to be and get an athletic scholarship to the college they otherwise aren't going to be able to afford to go because mom and dad don't have the money 
and they're depending on an athletic scholarship who are now going to have to compete with boys who now declare that they are women. And what is the standard that you are now female? Can they throw the shot put as far? No. Can they run as fast? No. Can they lift as much? No. Can they wrestle as well? No. Can they play tennis as hard? No. They cannot because at the male level, we are biologically stronger and bigger than women. That is a fact. It is an immutable fact and it can never be changed. We are designed that way. Our job is to go out and kill the dinosaur, drag the dinosaur back to the cage where the woman skins it and cooks it. That was the designed intent. When you start blurring that distinction, and that's a term I now want you to marry yourself to, blurring of distinctions between what is legal and is illegal, between what is morally acceptable and what is not, between what is acceptable before anybody's concept of God and what is not, between what is black and what is white. What's wrong with a black person saying, I'm black and I'm proud of it? What's wrong with a white person saying, I'm white and I'm proud of it? If you intend to do harm to someone else, then yeah, you've got a problem and we have to stop you. If you're militant in your your persuasion and you're going to hurt people, regardless of the excuse you use for doing so, we have to stop you. But in order to stop you, we need force. We need a police department. And we need people willing to call the police about people who are using force against other people because it is morally abhorrent. It is wrong. You cannot have a civilized society if people don't participate in the civilized society. You have the college professor, as you heard in the clip, stating that if attacked, they will not call the police. Well, that's just great. You were attacked and didn't call the police and you feel good about yourself. That same perpetrator came down the hallway of the apartment and attacked me and got away with it because last week you didn't call the police. Therefore, there was no investigation. The crime stats don't increase. Patrols in our area aren't allocated with additional personnel because the numbers are going up and I got attacked. You abrogated your right to participate in a civilized society and you took it upon yourself to conduct yourself in a manner that endangers everyone in your community and everywhere else. Let's put some flesh and blood on this. Do you remember a serial criminal named Ted Bundy? He was executed, I believe, in Florida. He was a serial killer. He would abduct young girls. He would sexually violate them and kill them. That was his whole thing. That's what he did. He thought that was the purpose of his life, and he acted on it. I think he killed something like 30 people before Florida finally caught up with him and killed him. What if, what if not one single person ever called the police with his suspicious behavior? In other words, he got away with all 30 killings. What is it you think happens at that point? Number 31, number 32, number 33, until he decides to stop. What right do the first 30 people have to endanger society by not reporting his criminal conduct? Oh, well, that's a, those are heinous crimes, and certainly those would be reported. That's not what the college professor said. And when he asked her, oh, would you carry a gun or defensive weapon, whatever, and deal with it? Uh, uh, no, I won't. Uh, this is over. 
shuts him down because he's now got her in a point where she is in an indefensible corner. There's nothing you can say to justify what you've said. There is nothing you can say to justify a belief system that says, I don't have to participate in a civil order. And that's the nature of the entire problem. Whether you claim you're a Black Lives Matter supporter, whether you claim you're an Antifa supporter, whether you claim you're going to defund the police, the common thread to all of it, now that I've given you some time to drink your hot cocoa and have your mini marshmallows, is you don't want to participate in society at any level. And in order to have anarchy, you have to take the system and eliminate it. Change it in the schools, change it in law enforcement, change it in the courtrooms, change it in the city councils and all the way up to the Supreme Court. To where your anarchist society, the no rules, no holds barred, I can do whatever I want, becomes a reality. Now, who is funding this and why would they allow it? Certainly people with guns and money wouldn't want this to happen because when you have a complete societal breakdown, which is what they're asking for, yeah, mother, that, well, the cop can just show up to the door and say, so what are you doing, ma'am? Well, I'm killing my son, like I said on the phone. Oh, have a nice day and walk away. That's okay? Is, is that okay? I'm asking the G Lisa Bender at Minneapolis City Council. Is that okay? Because according to you, it is. According to the defund the police, we're going to send a social worker who will observe the murder of the child and report back. Is that what you want to have happen? Or the hero cop that unfortunately has to use force against the mother and end her life to save the child, and his own for that matter, because in the scuffle she'd gotten his gun or gotten her hand on it in some way. You hear him say, he, she's got my gun, she's got my gun, something to that effect. I don't like listening to that clip. It's very disturbing, but it makes the point. I argued with Mr. Producer about whether I should put that clip on because of the, the tremendous emotional impact that it has. But that is reality. That's not fantasy. That's not the, oh, let's reimagine things. Let's, let's make a little, a little romper room school game out of real life, and let's pretend things are different than they are. No, that's reality. And that's actually not bad. The crime being committed there did not result in the loss of the child's life. Oh, it gets worse. There are much worse 9-11 videos, uh, audios and whatnot out there. Much worse. I don't need to play them to make the point. I've made the point. The point is, you who want anarchy, they who want to disassemble the current system and try something new are simply saying, get away from me. I'm going to do what I want to do for as long as I want to do it until I get bored doing it and then I'll go off and do something else. And no one has the right to interfere with anything I want to do. At the basic core structural reason that is the foundation to this entire mindset of reimagining everything in the civilized order is an abhorrence of God. It is the abhorrence of God. Do not look me in the eye and tell me that you want to defund the police department and then tell me you are an, a, a, a devout Muslim or a devout Christian or a devout Jew, Buddhist, Taoist, whatever concept of God you may have been raised with or currently believe in or may future tense believe in. 
Anarchy has as its genesis the elimination of the obedience of any concept or precept that is handed down from any form or acknowledgement of God. That's the bottom line. Now, many of my listeners may say, well, the Christian God is this. I'm not citing a specific religion because every single religion, Islam, Christianity, Taoism, Buddhism, has a set of rules. And the rules are essentially in the broadest stroke, the broadest brush you can work with at this level is to say, do what I say, I'm God. Don't hurt people. Try and do the right thing. When you do the wrong thing, confess it and turn from it. Don't repeat it when you know it was wrong or stupid. And say you're sorry when you can to the people you've hurt. That's really kind of it, folks. Those are the basic tenets of any, of any concept of God everywhere. There is no major religion that says you get to have your way and everything I say is God is irrelevant. There is no such religion. If you take the American concept of Christianity vis-a-vis the New Testament, you have here the complete blurring of distinction of gender, the complete blurring of distinction of what is legally and morally right in direct opposition to what the Bible of Christianity teaches both Old and New Testament. Punishment for, for crimes? There is none. Now, who are you to judge me? Oh, well, God's not here. Therefore, I'm not going to be judged. That's convenient. Nowhere in Islam does it say that you get to have your way and it's all one big free-for-all. So we understand now a basic concept that all of this permissiveness, all of it, the false accusations, the lying, the casting aspersions on decent people's character, getting them fired from their job, all of it has to do with the power play to destroy the current system because any acknowledgement of higher authority is what they seek to destroy. The Constitution is higher authority, destroy it. The Bill of Rights, higher authority, destroy it. Religion, higher authority, destroy it. I want what I want when I want it, and I'm not going to answer to anybody. That is the theme. That is what they want. Now, I ask you this. Why would the leaders in the Democratic Party allow this? Why does Jerry Nadler and others say, well, there is no Antifa. That's a myth. He was getting into a car. Uh, Fox or somebody else, a reporter caught up with him on the sidewalk. You can all YouTube this. This is all common on YouTube. And they asked him, well, what do you think of Antifa? And Nadler looked at him and said, well, Antifa is a myth, doesn't exist. Now, he said that. Why are they, who know better, supporting the complete anarchy that they are offering? Why are they supporting the violence? Why are they supporting the riots, the burnings, the looting, all of it? Why are they trying to destroy their very own police departments who they depend on for their own security? Now, at this point, you're probably about halfway through your hot cocoa, and I'm going to give you the answer. And then I'm going to explain the answer and the consequences thereof. Because it is sinister at a level that unless I explain it to you, you are not going to get this. You aren't going to hear this on Hannity. You aren't going to hear this on Tucker or Laura. And by the way, uh, Sprain is gone. What was her name? The newscaster that came on after those three? She's gone. Oh, they're going to lie to you and tell you that uh, she's trying to multi your contract. And, blah, 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 and now she's gone. Fox's ratings are in the tank and they are desperate to try and survive. More on Fox later. They're not who you think they are. If you're a right leaning Republican, they're not who you think they are. I will expose them later. 
why is the government under the current power structure of the socialists allowing the destruction of the very nation they still live in the destruction of the foundation of everything that we believe in of everything that holds the nation together of the glue that holds this nation and has founded this nation why are they allowing it and encouraging it to be destroyed one word power power christians have the 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 analogy as it were to satan who wanted power islam same thing power evil seeks power and where they don't get it given to them they usurp it and try and take it now how does anarchy make them powerful simple they will use the military and the what's left of the police departments to seize complete control of society as it breaks down and they will be in absolute control and you will be helpless to stop them essentially you will have martial law everywhere all over every city every state in the united states but they cannot do that until the system is completely broken until you have crime waves so high so many people being murdered so many people being victims of horrid violent crimes and police officers resigning in droves by the way smart idea to tell the police departments of every major city you are potentially liable civilly for your actions make no mistake if a police officer commits a willful misconduct that is a crime that results in the hurting of another human being yes they should be and are absolutely accountable for committing crimes the fact they're a police officer that badge does not give them a permit to commit felony crimes but when you say to the common police officer on the street who you depend on to hold the glue of society together to be that glue and you say you're now responsible if Johnny wants to sue you because uh, you handcuffed him too tightly or he feels like you threw him in the back of the car after he kicked you in the shins and bloodied your nose or took a shot at you that thank God missed but th that was no excuse you shouldn't have thrown him in the car like that. So he gets to sue you and take your house, your car, and your kid's college money because we're not going to protect you anymore. In other words, your natural human tendencies to react to situations you find yourself in that may lead you to what can be considered a natural causal indiscretion as a result of the, the motivations you have as a human being to protect yourself are now a liability. You get a search warrant. Do you know that they now want a no-knock warrant that has a 20-second delay on it that you have to knock and say, we're coming into your house, search warrant, police department, and then you have to wait 20 seconds before you enter. That gives the perpetrator inside time to either escape or arm themselves such that when you kick open the door, you are going to be greeted with a phalanx of lead. Or the suspect simply will not be there, out the back window. Now you're in a pursuit, which endangers other people, but they don't care. They want the destruction of this nation so they can look at the destruction, the burning cities, the smoldering ruins and say, well, now we just have to crack down. We gave you what you wanted. Now we have to crack down. And boy, are we going to crack down on you. Uh, that's all hypothetical, Dr. 59. That hasn't happened yet. Yes, it has. Guess where? 
Well, it hasn't happened. That's not happening anywhere. Yes, it is. It is happening in a U.S. major city tonight, right now. A liberal mayor by the name of Wheeler allowed Antifa, which doesn't exist according to Jerry Nadler, and BLM to terrorize his downtown area of Seattle for how long? A year now or more? And everybody warned him, don't let this happen. No autonomous zones, no burning this, no trashing, and no, stop it. Stop it immediately with a massive show of force or it will never end. And he went, no, 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 we must freedom. We have to reimagine. Yes, let's reimagine the city. Well, let's reimagine the city on fire. How's that? Like that? Like the way that looks? Now all the businesses have left and no one is starting new businesses and now the tax structure is is down in the toilet. Everyone is leaving because no one will write insurance policies to set up any kind of hair salon, Starbucks, McDonald's, a CVS. No one will write insurance policies for these areas because they're too dangerous. Good going, Wheeler. So what has Wheeler's reaction been? He's going to step up law enforcement. That's what he's going to do. He's had enough. Let me ask you something, you who are parents out there, your five-year-old, four-year-old, has a two-year-old, has a temper tantrum. Do you let the temper tantrum go on to where they break all the china and the glassware in the house? Take a screwdriver and gouge your car door with it? When do you stop the temper tantrum of the child? Immediately. Immediately. Particularly if they're in a point where they can do actual harm or break something. Now, the two-year-old, that's easy enough. You just pick them up, wrap them up, hold on to them, and they stop. They calm down after a few couple of minutes, and they put a bottle in. It's all good. It's done. Nine-year-old's a little different. Now you have to restrain that nine-year-old because they can actually hurt themselves. And they may have intent to hurt you or hurt other things in the house. So as they get older, you have to escalate the force required to contain the temper tantrum. But the thing you don't do as a parent is allow the temper tantrum to continue. And that is what Wheeler and these others have done. And in fact, encouraged it. There is this little nerd dude. I, the hell his name is now. It wasn't Wheeler. It was somebody else. And he walked into the crowd of Antifa supporters. And they were yelling at him with a megaphone. And he stood up and he said, I'm here to talk to you. I'm here because I believe in your cause. I hear you. And they ran him out and damn near beat the living shit out of him on the way out. Was he smart enough to change his tune and go back to the police department and say, get in there and kick their fucking ass and arrest every last one of them. I want order restored. My experiment has failed. I admit it. Go restore order. No, he didn't do that. And his city is still being torn apart. Still being torn apart. He ran for re-election and won. The idiot liberals put him back in power. Now, what is the reason? Because they represent the godless hedonists who want to rebel against any and all sense of authority and the government will allow them to do it because they're afraid of them because they've told them that they don't exist and it's just an illusion until it threatens the tax base the the taxes have nothing to do with it it has to do with people wanting to reimagine things you're just oh you're off your rocker dr 59 no The government runs on taxes. 
when the taxes stop coming in or are sufficiently reduced to a level where we are at risk of not being able to pay for shit, oh, I don't know, like the military, like the national debt, and people say, um, not only are we not going to buy any more of your T-bills, i.e. fund your national debt, we want payment now on the shit that's outstanding. When you go to General Dynamics or you go to General Motors and you say, I want to build a new tank. It's the, the Dr. 59 tank and it's got the Fubahabers and the state-of-the-art Dehebahabers because Russia, yeah, Russia's real bad. They're doing bad things over in Ukraine and we may have to go to war with Russia and Putin. And General Dynamics, who makes shit for the tank and General Motors, who may make the chassis and the engine and the transmission, say, um... That's great, but we've already got a contract with uh, Putin to make his tanks because, you see, he's got some money. You don't. Oh, and you were never going to have the money because you don't have a tax base anymore because not enough people are working and you decided to pay more people unemployment money than to have them go back to work. <clears throat> it was convenient for a while that during the COVID thing that everybody was getting $1,000 a month more on their unemployment because there was no job to go back to. And I don't resent the fact they may have done that for six months of the COVID problem. But we're now a year into this and they're still doing it. And employers are having a hell of a time getting people to come back to work, period, anywhere, in any job, because they can't compete with the government handout of the unemployment checks. How long can that last? How many trillions of dollars can Joe Biden run up of IOUs before people say, I'm not buying the debt anymore and I want the money that I have invested in America back. I want to get paid. I'm calling it. They're operating on the margin. Go watch the movie Margin Call. You'll learn how money works. And what a scam it is at the corporate and business levels. Great movie. Great movie. No one's watching it because they don't want to admit the fact that America is broke. And the minute the tax revenues begin to dry up sufficiently to where we cannot pay our bills anymore, we're issuing IOUs to prison guards, the military, others, contractors. Where are the two new Air Force Ones, by the way, that Trump ordered? Trump ordered two brand new 747-8s when he was in office. That has nothing to do with who the president is. He just authorized the purchase because what they got now are old 747-200s and they want to upgrade them. By the way, they have to be hardened against nuclear EMPs. That is a major cost and a major problem for the 747-8, which is a fly-by-wire system, and therefore the fly-by-wire systems have to be hardened against EMPs from nuclear blasts and others. Laser-hardened, EMP-hardened, that's what drives all the costs up. Where are those planes now? Why isn't Biden flying around in one? Why isn't Boeing bragging? Yeah, we're first one's about to roll off the line here and have its first test flight over blah, blah, blah. Where is it? It's not. Do you know why it's not? It's not because we can't pay for it. But there's money to give to the Amtrak people where Hunter Biden was on the board of Amtrak years ago and all of a sudden Amtrak's going to get a whole bunch of money for railroad expansion with a workplace that works primarily right now remotely 
That makes a lot of sense. The bottom line is not so much that I disagree with the policies. It's that we're spending money we do not have and will never have. And at some point, that money is going to dry up. And when it does, the military will have to seize control of the country from Maine to California. What happens if you still have any police left that you can't pay? They're going to work for free? A few will. Is the military National Guard going to work for free? A few will. Not enough to maintain order. You will have to declare martial law from Maine to California and seize control across the board. Food rationing, gasoline rationing. There will be mass panic at a level that is unseen and you will have now the execution of the criminal plan by the cartels. Now, you didn't see this topic coming, did you? Well, they they defund the police. Yeah, well, yes. Hold on a minute. You still got some chocolate left in your mug. You've eaten all the goddamn mini marshmallows. It's not, go but do this. Get up. Get off your fat, lazy ass. Go into the kitchen. Pour some more chocolate milk and put about five. Now make it seven mini marshmallows because I got enough topic left in me on this part of it. And then I'll close it and you'll be done with your chocolate and you can go to bed. Do it now. I'll wait. Bottom line is this. When you defund the police and you reduce New York City's crime unit and you reduce the gang unit as has happened in L.A. and all the major cities and you get rid of the police and you let them retire, you let them resign, you tell them that they're all going to get sued for the next parking ticket they write and so they quit. Who's watching? Who's taking note of that? The mafia, the cartels. They are cutting up the major cities and saying, well, since there is no law enforcement, we can now do free trade as much as we want. And we need not worry, for the most part, about getting caught because there's no one enforcing it. So while you defund the police department, Seattle, understand your drug trade and your criminal empires are watching over the fence with binoculars to see what they're going to cut up, and they're making deals behind the scenes to cut up your cities into sections. You get from the ports to the freeway, I get from the freeway to the railroad tracks, and on and on and on it goes. Turf wars will now become a thing as they were back in the day, as it were, of New York City with the mafioso, the Italian families running it. You're going to see that all come back. Not in the the old school form of the Italian mafia, but rather the cartels. Because it's all about drugs. What little disposable income people have, they will spend on drugs. Believe me, they will. It's a serious problem. It is huge. Oh, but we're going to legalize drugs and therefore you're going to be able to go to CVS and buy heroin. You think I'm kidding? You think that's a joke? You see, because when you drive out the CVS from one part of town and they can't get revenues to pay the taxes to feed the federal government with the income tax of this tax to that tax and all the taxes that are coming, including capital gains, including everything is going to be taxed more. When all of that starts to dry up, the one CVS that's left in the outskirts of the burning cities that are left will be selling heroin, marijuana and all the rest of it put together by major pharmaceutical companies with FDA approval. So it's a precise allotment of CBD or whatever the hell it is people think they got to have. But it's also had the living shit taxed out of it. 
oh, you'll be able to buy your one ounce of heroin or whatever it is that's currently the fad that's legalized of the day. You'll be able to buy it, but it's going to cost you, I don't know, $500, $495 of which will be taxes. There's big money for the federal and state governments and letting you have your vices, but charging you for it. You think it's an act of freedom? You think it's because they want to give you your will? Oh, we're bending to your will. Yes, we understand that it's okay to smoke pot in Colorado. And now California can have it too. It's okay because it's just pot. It's just pot. Well, the same thing will be said eventually about meth, about heroin, about PCP, about bath salts, and they will sell it and it will be allowed. No, well, maybe not tomorrow, maybe not in the next month or the next five years, but it will be allowed because it's a source of revenue. This is all about power. And without money, you don't have any power. Go back to the Rocky movie with Clubber Lang. Where Clubber Lang is seen, as it were, in a practice thing. And he says to the news reporter, everybody's going to be kept weak in this country. They don't want to give the little guy a shot. They want to keep everybody down. Because they know that if you have money, you have power. If you have power, you're a threat to them. You think Antifa has money? BLM has money? The only person that BLM's got money is Patricia Coulours. Yeah, the one who bought the multi-million dollar homes in LA and 88% white neighborhoods the one of the founders of Black Lives Matter that took in roughly $90 million in the year 2020. I don't know how much they've taken in now. Took money from wherever she got it as co-founder of BLM and bought mansions in the whitest areas of Los Angeles she could find. And she's a trained Marxist. That's her claim to fame. I'm a trained Marxist, you know, but I must live in this multi-million dollar mansion in Topanga Canyon, north of Los Angeles. Uh, But I give so much money to my brothers and sisters in the hood. These lies only work on stupid people. They only work on people who don't want to see or cannot see the truth that don't want to do the investigation, that don't want to do the research, that don't open their eyes and look around and say, this isn't right. Why is my 12-year-old coming home and asking me why I hate black people? Where is this coming from? Where is this concept that the United States military needs to accept transgender soldiers? Do you have any idea what's going to happen in an actual shooting war with Russia or China with our army? Let me tell you the consequence of it. We'll lose. We'll lose. That's it. We were going to lose. But before we, when it's realized that we're losing, when it's realized that we can't take the hill and we can't keep it because these bullets trigger me, you know, I'm going to be triggered. I need my safe space. Time out. Time out. Stop shooting. I need a safe space. When you can't take the hill and keep the hill, the next and only option you have is nuclear. That's right. Nuclear. Because when you can't win a conventional war, your only option is to use the biggest thing you've got next, and that is nuclear. So the risk of nuclear war goes up when you lessen the fighting capability of your conventional army. The SEAL teams in Coronado in San Diego, California, 
now accept women into the special ops teams. I'm not saying women don't have a place. Don't write me and say, ah, yeah, 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 you've been misogynistic and <laughs> no, don't hand me that shit. When you are trying to pull the boat, when you have an 80 pound rucksack on your back at night out of the water into a beachhead, into a whatever, wherever to do a fighting war undetected while you hit the beach and you're doing some kind of recon or extraction operation, you need people that are physically capable of performing the task. And a 90 pound female isn't it. The other danger you run is the romantic involvement of the other soldiers on the team. The other operators on the team will want to guard the female and protect the female. And the mission will become second place to their desire at a very subconscious level to protect the females on the team. Because guess what happens when the Russian army takes a female soldier prisoner or the Syrian army? Or the Iranian Revolutionary Guards. By the way, the Revolutionary Guards of a nation state of Iran are the most worthless fighting force in the world. They're idiots. Jackasses, ill-equipped, wearing sandals, toning Chinese rifles over their arms. that don't even work. The biggest threat the United States faces is, is global warming. Thank God we have John Kerry flying around on a Gulf Stream to save us. Let, let me understand. As part of your distraction to destroy this nation and get us, get our, our sense of purpose and focus on something stupid and meaningless, you want us to focus on polar bears and icebergs instead of the Russian threat to Europe and our fighting forces readiness to take that threat on. I, I get it. Well, you who are my listeners, now you get it. Now you understand it. You are being distracted with bullshit and nonsense. And the vast majority of people out there think it's real. You think Greta Thunberg at the age of 14 or whatever she is, honestly believes, honestly believes that the icebergs are melting and her home will be underwater tomorrow. Greta Thunberg's little kid who ran up to Trump and said, oh, the icebergs are melting. What are you going to do about it? I don't want to drown. <laughs> and she got on CNN for I don't know how many months and still there. She got into trouble where, what the hell did she do? I think she took a jetliner from one place to another for a speaking engagement. She's like 14. They give her speaking engagements. Like a 14-year-old has anything productive to say. Not saying she's unintelligent, I'm just saying at 14, you got nothing to say to the adult world. Absolutely nothing. Zero. Go back to school and enjoy being 14 because it ends real fast. In about four years, now you're expected to be an adult. So enjoy being 14 or whatever age you are. Don't be in a hurry to join the adult world. It's not pretty. Really, it's not. You got to get a job. You got to make money. You got to stay healthy. You got to pay a mortgage. Yeah, and you got to listen to Dr. 59. Uh, that's the biggest problem you've got. So my advice to Greta Thunberg is stop worrying about the polar bears and the icebergs and go enjoy being a kid because it ends too soon. Brock and Michelle Obama went out and bought an estate after they got out of the White House and it's on the water. It's within like 100 yards of the water somewhere, I think up in Kennebuck or something like that. Don't really care where they live. The point is it's near the water. I thought they were worried about the existential threat of global warming. The seas were going to rise. Everybody was going to drown. You see, 
Distraction is a useful tool to people that are trying to destroy you. They will make you look at other things like, well, nothing to see here. Oh, your Second Amendment rights got taken. Oh, that, well, you didn't need a gun anyway. Oh, that uh, you look, here comes an iceberg. Here's the bottom line that you need to understand about defund the police. It has its genesis in getting anarchy to reign supreme to a sufficient level that they can justify seizing control of your life in absolutely positively every respect. They will not stop until they have you under complete control. And all the stunts they pull and all the propaganda they push is designed to get you to focus elsewhere. So as a final close to this lunacy, this completely irresponsible concept of defunding and reimagining the police department, I offer this to you who are in Minneapolis, Seattle, Portland, and whatnot, whoever, wherever you are, that you think that defunding the police and not calling the police is a great idea, do not call the police for one hour on any given day of the week and see what happens. Have your local police department declare that on any given day of the week for approximately one hour or one hour or 15 minutes, whatever time, pick a time frame. I don't care. 15 minutes, three hours a day, doesn't matter. In which you advertise to the population that there will be no police response to any call. The 911 system will be disconnected. And it'll simply be a recording. Thank you for calling 911. We are no longer providing services until the given date and time. And make it one hour. And simply advertise that. Put on your local news channels that on Wednesday, April, whatever, the May, June, July, whatever it might be, from the hours of this to that, there will be no police response in response to the defund the police initiative to see how this works. What do you think would happen? Go back to my concept about the cartels dividing up the major cities. They will form militias and sell you protection. Extortion will go through the roof. In the residential neighborhoods, you're going to have people by HOA membership getting their guns and their pickup trucks, blocking off streets and saying, well, since you can't call the police, we're here to protect the neighborhood. Oh, by the way, we need gasoline. We need to fund our cars. We need to fund ammunition and firearms. Uh, we're going to charge each of you uh, 10 bucks a, a day for police protection. Since there is no police to protect you, we have to do it. And that's when the cartels are going to step in and they will provide protective services. That's where defund the police goes. You have the man and the woman, I think it was in St. Louis, who came out of their house with a rifle and a pistol and were pointing it at the BLM protesters that were walking by. They got a problem here. These are, these are people who did not violate their home. They didn't trash it, burn it, spray paint it, throw a rock through a window. They didn't actually do anything to them. And they came out of the house with firearms and they pointed those firearms at those people. It was legally a stupid thing to do. If you wanted to have the firearm slung over your shoulder or in your hip on your holster, if you were a pistol, I believe the wife was pointing the pistol at people. If you wanted to have it present, that's marginal. Be careful. You are brandishing a firearm. You are on private property, but be careful. But here's the point. If the police aren't going to respond, what the hell do you think we're going to do? We're going to defend ourselves. That's their claim. Did they call the police? 
Yes. Did the police respond? No. So what's left? Vigilantism and the cartels. Welcome to it.